Who wins the T20 World Cup final? Find out on Cricket, only better. It's the final. New Zealand, the Kiwis, the Fruits, the most consistent side in the world. A Cobb recommendation for glory versus Australia. What the hell are they doing there, by the way? It's cricket only better 112. I'm Ed Hawkins. This is Sam Collins. Hello, hello. Uh, yes, indeed. You know what they say about Australia. Brilliant tossers. Never write them off, um, especially if you're in the cricket betting post podcast business, no matter. This is our T20 World Cup final special show. And boy, have we got a terrific lineup for you. Um, we'll be focusing generally on how you toss a coin to win that toss, and then you win the tournament. We are talking of terrific lineups. Here's our very own pinch hitter, betting.betfairs, Paul Krishnamurti. Hi, Sam. Hello, Paul. And his opening partner, not in life, just on this show, is sportinglife.com, sportinglife.com's Richard Mann, who despite the, I didn't write this, dour Yorkshire exterior, actually plays some shots. Hello, Richard. Hello, Sam. I've been killed a few names before, but that's a new one. That's some proper sledging. Right. Um, new Zealand are, you should be feeling quite chipper, Richard, because New Zealand are your tip on the outright. Paul and Ed had picked Pakistan. Um, Ed, try to forget your fury and tell us what is on the show. Yes, this show is a good distraction. We tell you what happens on Sunday from Dubai, New Zealand versus Australia. How to bet the match odds, all the trends, stats, tips. We've got at Trader12 back again with his statistical gold mine unearthing great value. And if that's not enough, Tasneem Samarkhan returns with her players who can win it. OK. Let's get on with it. And then there were two. One heads, one tails. We start with the outright odds to win the title. Prices, of course, from Betfair Exchange. Remember, these aren't match odds because there's no tie on this market. Australia are 1.65 favourites. Wow. wow. Um, that in itself. Uh, and New Zealand, 2.52. Ed Hawkins, I'm coming to you first to yeah. sum up this final Yeah. Piece. Thank you. Win the toss. That's it. That is the podcast. Slicker pitch, wet ball, 11 out of 12 in this tournament at this venue have been won by the chaser. So bet before the toss at your absolute peril. And also to bear that in mind throughout the 40 overs, potential 40 overs of the game. Uh, there tends to be uh, an overreaction on the markets to a couple of boundaries. Pakistan always expected to get 165 at the rate they were going in that semi-final. Australia were consistent around the 1.8 mark. Fakas a man hits a couple of sixes, gets them up to 176, which is just 11 more than they expected to get. And Australia suddenly go out to 2.60. So bear it in mind, in play, the toss will hold sway. David Warner's in the final, Australia in the final. How, how, how? You told me it could not happen, Richard Mann. How has this happened? Humble pie time, isn't it? It really is. Ah, kudos to Australia. <laughs> How does it taste? Oh, very, very bitter. Um, a kudos to them. A, a fantastic turnaround. I know they've had some some, some good fortune at the toss, but, but brilliant effort, really. I think three 
key things for me. David Warner back playing his dynamic best. He's driven them at the top of the order. Um, the two finishers who are opening batsmen, Wade and Steinis, I mean, they're a little well out of position, but they've they've done the business and the look natural finishes. And then two others who, who probably go under the radar. Australia needed the spinner, Adam Zampa, to be an attacking threat out here on these pitches, not just a container. And he's done that. I think he's up to 12 wickets. And then he's had a poor tournament by his high standards, but Pat Cummings, he's just just had his first child and he probably didn't really want to want to leave Australia and be out here in this World Cup. His performances would suggest that. But that over at the death today was absolutely fantastic when the rest of his colleagues were going around the pack. Pakistan could have been almost out of sight were it not for that overcomings produced. And that was almost a match winner in itself. So fair play, Australia. Paul Krishnamurti. I've just got to echo all of that, really. I mean, you know, I don't want to be commutantly about it. They proved us wrong, no question about it. They did win half the toss go their favour in five games, but at the same time, they were in the harder group. So they deserve credit for that. Um, Warner, who, you know, I've been as abusive as anybody about David Warner in recent months, but he's come good, hasn't he? When it mattered, he was brilliant today. Um, And I think, to be honest, the key person for me is Adam Zampa because I didn't really rate Adam Zampa as a spinner. He's been superb in the tournament. And today I thought he made all the difference because when he comes on to bowl, I'm looking at them getting 180, 190, really. And he just slowed them down at that that crucial moment. Um, No, fair play to them. They'll take the world of beating in in the Ashes. They'll take the world of beating on Sunday and they'll take the world of beating against us. So fair play to them. I am going to be curmudgeonly, actually. (laughs) I can't. I'm not going to have it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's all, on, there was always going to be one side who benefited from the chase bias in this tournament, and that was why we avoided all the short prices like the plague. And Australia were, were one of them, uh, and they've got they've been propelled further than their ability or their nows could, and um, and they've got done that because of the toss. Uh, the one thing I will say is they picked up intent with the bat, but all five wins have been chasing. The one game they had to defend, they were absolutely steamrolled by England. So there you go. Yeah, because, of course, chase bias has been the two-word slogan of this T20 World Cup. Um, what ICC um, brain could have come up with that one? But from a betting perspective, of course, one thing we have learned as punters to take forward, um, what is your one, Paul Krishnamurti? Well, I mean, obviously that is the number one takeaway to follow those stats. Um, I would just say that, First of all, you shouldn't look to T20 tournaments for a golden rule like that in T20 because they're very venue-specific. Clearly, there's a massive, massive toss bias that you buy and there are clear signals in the in the Middle East and they've all stood up. The next tournament we've got is a big bash. I'm not sure the same things would apply. But largely speaking, I would say T20 is not as predictable, as as unpredictable as people think. When you do the when you do the research, you do the stats. Look at how many openers have won top bat. Look at how the toss bars have stood up, and look how many favourites have won one solid matches. You know, actually, it's quite it's quite a predictable form of cricket, perhaps more than the other two. Hey, Richard Mann. Probably the the biggest thing for for me is if you're following it closely. I- Matchups is a real buzzword now, isn't it? In in how T Twenty cricket is analysed, but you could definitely taper that for your betting. And you know, I was keen on James Nation, wasn't there, for the, the match in the semi final? It didn't quite come off, but I think you could look at the makeup of both sides, and you knew he would be involved with the ball. 
having hardly been involved at all through the tournament just because of the makeup of the opposition. Suddenly you've got a guy at a massive price, man of the match on us, and you've got lots going for you to suggest he's going to be involved heavily. You can make that pay in your betting luck. It didn't work out for me for me this week. But I, but I th- if you keep getting guys around the 20 to 1 market, we're going to be heavily involved in things like the man of the match markets. You won't go far wrong long term. And there's loads of stuff you can do out there to, to look into these matchups. There's loads of great websites and stuff. So, um, yeah, do your research would be my advice for that. Yeah, you were pretty close with Jimmy Neesham, Richard. Pretty close. Um, right, let's move on to sorting out some winners. Ed's talking to resident statsman at Trader12. Give him a follow on Twitter for the best picks by numbers. Toss buyers. Toss buyers for the chasing team now up to a staggering 92% at Dubai in this World Cup, with 11 of the 12 chasing sides coming out victorious. Conditions are dictating how these games pan out, so if you're having a bet on the match result, whatever you do, wait until after the toss. Same goes for power play and sixes bias, 75% and 83% for those respectively. And again, wait for the toss. Lovely stuff. Um, for the final time now, for about 12 months, we preview a T20 World Cup game and it's the final coming next. Right, part two, Australia versus New Zealand, the final from Dubai on Sunday. Bet for Exchange early show has outsiders... Previous outsiders, Australia, now very short favourites at 1.65. New Zealand, former third favourites, at 2.5. Why is this not a choice affair? Ed Hawkins with the final countdown. They think we're going to line them up like this. Guptill, Mitchell, Williams, Phillips, Seifert, Nisham, Santner, Milne, Southie, Bolt, Sodi. What's Seifert doing in there? Where's Conway? Well, he's broken his hand because he's punching his bat. Uh, and that's a massive blow for New Zealand. In terms of numbers, Seifert has a boundary percentage of around about 15, Conway approaching 19%. So there's a big chunk gone there. Australia, Warner Finch, Marsh Smith, Maxwell, Maxwell, Stoinis, Wade Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and Zampa. Head-to-head, New Zealand beat Australia 3-2 in March in New Zealand. Four of those games were won by the side batting first. Only Zampa, however, played out of the Australia bowling lineup, and Australia have almost four points advantage over New Zealand on boundary percentage hitting. Okay, Richard Mann is biased himself because New Zealand are his outright pick. So let's go to Paul Krishnamurti first. I think he's going to. I think I know what he's going to say. Who are you picking here? Well, I'm not. I'm not going to bet before the match because of the toss. But there's no question the odds are ridiculously one-sided. I mean, how on earth are New Zealand 2.6 in a two-horse race when there's a toss bias? They're the best team in the world overall in cricket. Um, it's no great surprise that they've got here. Um, you know, they were certainly on my shortlist, if not my number one pick, and Rich picked them. Um, there's, yeah, there's no question for me. I mean, Devin Conway is a massive loss, Right. If I had, if they were, if if we were betting fifty fifty, I would pick Australia now. But the value undoubtedly is with New Zealand. Okay, um, Richard. If New Zealand lose the toss, do you trade the outright pick, get your stake back, or do you let it run? To be honest, I think if people have been back them pre-tournament, I think now is probably the time to to trade out. Really, I mean, if they lose the toss, looking at those odds, it could be something like two to one, and that 
really do you then want to start taking taking your money out I'd, I'd rather do that around the six to four mark now having sort of backed them down from what nine sevens and eleven to two so that will probably be my strategy I do agree with Paul I still think they're, they're underrated rather this is just New Zealand they're always underrated but make no mistake losing Devon Conway is huge for me he's the, he's the best cricketer the, the best white ball batsman sorry um, even ahead of Williamson and, and Mitchell He's a massive loss and, and it leaves a massive hole. I think he should have been opening from the start, but they batted him far to give them some quality in that middle order and he should have done that. Huge loss. Okay. Um, Paul, let's come to you on innings runs. Is is one of our favourite bets working out here, going for big runs at the death in the first innings, perhaps? Yeah, I think so. Um, the pitch is definitely easier, has been easier in the semi-final today. It's quite possible that we're looking at a 180-plus score, I think, in the first innings. Um, today, 175-plus was something like 5-2 to two with five overs left. I think it needed about 11, 12 and over, which is not that much, really, at the death. And, of course, we saw this ground in the IPL, particularly in 2020, produce some absolutely insane finishes, like, like really, really extreme results, you know, back in... Um, 55, 60, 65 plus, uh, you know, up to 10 even. So that's definitely a strategy. I think that the market will start quite high after today. It'll probably start around 165. But yeah, I'd look at it with about six, five and four overs to play. Okay, thank you. Richard Mann, finish it off for us, please. Pin the game down in one moment, which is not the toss. Warner versus uh, Warner Bold Bolt. Is that it? Talk to me. Ball versus Warner and Finch. I mean, think Shane Afridi today. I mean, he knocked over Finch in the first over. Warner play a miss. Could have had Mitch Marsh LBW. Same angle, not quite as quick, but probably a little bit more skillful. If he can get the ball bending back into the right-handers and away from Warner, he could put Australia in big trouble. I think that's one of New Zealand's big chances, actually. And both those two others in a power play, they could decide the match, really. Okay, thank you. Side market still to come, best bets still to come. But first, Tasneem Summer Khan's top advice returns. Yes, she's picking our top three players to watch. These are the three players from Australia and New Zealand who will there was the final for their respective sides. First up for Australia, number one, Mitchell Stark. Now, he's never played against New Zealand in T20 cricket, um, but he is the best proponent of the Yorker in white ball cricket. He's got a incredible record in World Cups, albeit in ODI cricket, um, but he does bring with him the ability to bowl at 145k, and he's absolutely one of the best death bowlers in the entire world. That could be really detrimental for New Zealand's batting game plan, which relies on late stage um, acceleration with wickets in hand. So if he can neutralise James Neesham and Glenn Phillips, then um, Australia will feel real good about themselves. Number two, David Warner. He's had an incredible run of match-winning knocks with a point to prove. He scored 236 runs with an average of 47.2 at a strike rate of 148.5. That power play impetus is pretty much unbeatable. And if it's paired with Mitchell Marsh, who's averaging 36 at 142 strike rate, it's a match-winning partnership. Number three, Glenn Maxwell. Now, Glenn Maxwell will be feeling spectacular after that vital bowling partnership with Adam Zampa against Pakistan. 
He may not have set the tournament alight with the bat this competition, but he remains a threat to the Black Caps. He toured New Zealand earlier this year and struck at a rate of 178. uh, And he actually scored 28 runs off of one over at the death. Now for the Black Caps. Number one, we have Daryl Mitchell. So Daryl Mitchell has had a incredible run of form that has made the best of the resources that New Zealand took to the World Cup. It was um, a risky move asking a man who's never opened to open, but it's paid off thus far. And I think it's uh, smart to continue to believe in it. He's made 197 runs at an average of 39.4 and a strike rate of 140.71. But he's done this in a very careful and considered manner. Like Mohamed Rizwan, he's accumulated runs, but also hit sixes. He's got the joint fourth most sixes, hitting nine of them. Number two for the Kiwis. We've got Trent Bolt, um, pretty much no introduction needed. Vital left arm power play bowler, joint third wicket taker in the in the competition um, of the remaining players. I think he's only behind Adam Zampa. He'll fancy his matchup against Aaron Finch and New Zealand probably know that their inroad in this match relies on early wickets. Finally, for the Black Caps, we have James Neesham. Now, Jimmy Neesham is an impact player who's continued to develop his T20 finisher status through T20 leagues. And in this competition, he scored at an average of 36.5, but at a strike rate of 173.8. He was tested against England, uh, where alongside Daryl Mitchell, he played a match-winning chase. His reaction to not taking that game over the line, so he notably sat pitch side long after everybody else had gone home. That for me is a strong indicator of where Nisham is at mentally. He doesn't think that the job is done. And I think some of those demons from um, from the Cricket World Cup 2019 might still be hanging around, but it makes me believe in him. Right. Thank you, Tasneem Summer. What a show this is, folks. And we're not done yet. Let's look now at the side bets. Right, side market's time. Best bet still to come. But now let's go to Edward Hawkins for some price checks. Opening bats prices for your top team run scorer with Betfair Sportsbook. Guptill is 3-1. to one. Mitchell is 7-2 to two for Australia. Finch has been boosted to 13-5. to five. Warner has been boosted to 11-4. to four. Why are we talking openers? Here's the reason why with at Trader 12. Openers have won the match top batsman market on all 12 occasions at Dubai in this T20 World Cup, with nine of those coming from the opening pair of the side batting second. It's not just the World Cup either. Taking into account the recently concluded IPL, 20 of those 25 matches saw an opener win the top match batsman market. So just put some of those numbers into more context for you. Done some matchups and uh, checks on how these players do against each other. Guptill, 218 runs at 43 in that series in March that we mentioned. Uh, Nisham striking at 200 against Australia, but he scored 74 runs. Uh, an interesting one as well. Kane Williamson has faced only two balls from Hazelwood and Stark combined in all T20 cricket. Extraordinary, because you'd think these sides would be playing each other all the time. They'd know their games inside out. Not so. Finch, 197 runs at 49. Stoinis, 140 at 35. Both those numbers from that March series. Warner v Southie in T20. 50 runs off 24. No outs. That's international cricket striking at 208 versus Bolt strike rates at 82 and 109. That may well be the game as Richard Mann suggested. 
Okay, guys, Paul Krishnamurti, who do you like for runs? Then Richard Mann, please. No batting for Rassi van der Dussen today. I think it's very hard to get away from the top order, uh, given what we've seen and how they've played. And actually looking at the odds, um, Mitchell's a pretty good price. Darren Mitchell's 7-2 to the top bat. That's a fair price. And Mitchell Marsh is 9-2 to top score from number three. He's played really well the last couple of games, Mitchell Marsh. So I like him a lot. Um, and I think they are considerably bigger in the um, match batsman. 9-1 Mitchell Mars, top match batsman, 13-2 Daryl Mitchell. So I'd prefer to bat them there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Paul on Daryl Mitchell. That, that innings against England was was fantastic, obviously. And you just wonder if it was a real breakthrough in stream at international level. And you might go on from here with that confidence under his belt. So at the 13-2 interested me, top match batsman, Basically, because I've got some concerns about Guptill against elevated opposition. I think he's only real scoring these competitions against Scotland. And because Warner and Finch could be vulnerable to ball early on. Um, so that might leave leave the path clear for for for, for Mitchell, um, who is obviously batting at the top of the order and gets the run on everyone else anyway. Um, and, and Mitchell Marsh, very interesting for Australia. He has played well, as, as Paul said. The other one that quite interests me is, especially with Betfair Sportsbook, 11-2 to two for Smith and Williamson to make 30, 30 runs each or, or above. Um, Williamson's looked a little bit out of Nick, but with Conway gone, he really is going to have to drop anchor here. It might not win New Zealand the game, but I think he's going to have to, he's really going to have to bat through. You know, he, he might be striking under 100, but I think he'll probably have to grind out a score. And Steve Smith, I know Paul was keen on him in the last one anyway, but he might have to adopt a similar role as well because everyone else in the Australia lineup seems to be going gung ho, and Smith might just, just let people play around him so those two guys could grind out scores and 11 to 2 for both to make 30 runs I thought that was quite interesting yeah it's fair price fair price right let's turn our attention to the bowlers now more statistical gold for the bowler markets on your tops with at trader 12 spinners have had considerably more joy than the seamers when bowling second at Dubai taking 58% of wickets compared to just 40% when bowling first Six of the 12 top bowler winners for the team bowling second have been spinners, compared to just four from 12 when bowling first. And that's not including an additional two ties for both sides. If betting on this market in the second innings, spin certainly does look a safe option. And just one statistic to pick out from that. Uh, Ish Sodi, 13 wickets in five games in that series in March. He's 11-4 second jolly for top New Zealand bowler with Betfair Sportsbook. Okay, let's go to Richard Mann first for bowler picks, please, Richard. Well, as I was talking about earlier, matchups and Sodi and Santa didn't bowl much against England. Nisham did because of the left-handers in their top six. But Australia only have one, and if he goes early, Sodi and Santa will really be in the game. But Santa's not been a wicket-taking threat in this tournament. Sodi has, so I can definitely get on board with that. Um, I think Bolt could shape the game in the power play, um, just as I think Joss Hazel would could do for Australia, but actually for, for top bowler picks, their overs may be burnt early on. So a Sodian, a Stark, they then come into it later on. Okay. Anything for you here, Paul Krishnamurti? I think the New Zealand odds are, are right. You know, I would want to focus on Bolt and Sodi, but they're short enough, 5-2, to 11-4, really. Um, for me, the value is two Australian bowlers in Man of the Match. 
Hazelwood is 18 to 1 and Adam Zampa is 16 to 1. That strikes me as completely wrong, given that A, they're favourites, and B, we've seen this bias towards the bowlers in the tournament and the man of the match. And C, for me, they're their best bowlers, those two. Just just to add on that, and, and I've been like a broken record with this about bowlers shaping the game in the power play, but you talk about fractions, really. Shaheen Afridi got a wicket today, Finch, and he very nearly had Marsh next, next, next ball LBW. The umpire gives that. It's, it's retained on umpire's call. He's got two from two, and Pakistan could well go on and win that match. And if even if he'd have got finished up with two for 20, but he gets two in the power play... He'd have got man of the match today on what we've seen so far. Don't forget that Anrik Narkia got it for getting one for 14 earlier in the tournament. So, so don't think just because we've had a couple of batsmen come good in the last few days that bowlers are suddenly being forgotten. They're definitely not. And if they can shape the game in the power play, you're still in with a chance in the man of the match market. More than a chance anyway. Wise words, Richard, man. Lovely stuff. Finish it off, um, guys. Any other business, Paul? Yeah. Um, runs are underrated. Massively. Um, you can get seven to five, both teams to score at 150. Um, on what we saw today, that is absolutely huge. The uh, Both to get 160 is enhanced to 13 to five. So that's also a really good price. Okay, Richard Mann. Yeah, I've actually got that written down 160. I was going to push the bar out at 170, but, but I, thought, I thought given my recent dire farm that 160 would be the safer way to play that looked a pretty good pitch to me today. And I know Simon Dulce said on one of the, he came on a couple of the podcasts, didn't he, before the tournament started, that they might keep a few back for the last stages. These pitches have been tired and worn, but when it comes to semi-finals and finals time, they'll want to see a good show. So I suspect it'll be a good pitch come Sunday. Absolutely. And let's remember what happened in the IPL. The pitch in the final was 192 first innings runs when it had been slow for the last month. Now, stay tuned for your best bets. Double Bubble this show, best bets and a special offer for you. I almost said a Christmas special offer, but it's not Christmas yet. All right, um, because we know how frustrating it is for you to get frozen out of your bet, Betfair is offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds bets on the Betfair Sportsbook for the T20 World Cup final. Terms and conditions apply. Go to betfair.com for more now. It's best bets time. And Edward Hawkins, the glamorous Edward Hawkins, has the scores on the boards. Yes, with my best pout, Richard Mann is plus 1.3. Paul Krishnamurti streaking head plus 29.75. Richard Mann, can you get back on track and give us some winners, please? I'll do my best. Uh, first unit, Ken Williamson and Steve Smith, both to score 30 runs plus each at 11 to 2. Okay, I will have... Three units on both teams to score 150 at seven to five. And I'll have two units on both teams to score 160 at 13 to five. And I'll have um, half a unit each, Josh Hazelwood and Adam Zampa, man of the match. And I'll have uh, one unit, top match bat, Daryl Mitchell at 13 to two. And I'll, my last unit, I'll have one unit, Mitchell Marsh, top match batsman at nine to one. My last unit, I will split stakes, uh, half a unit on Trent Bolt, man of the match. And because Paul's taken Josh Hazelwood, I'll go half a unit on Mitchell Stark, man of the match. All done and dusted for cricket only better, 100 
and 12. Don't forget to check out betting.betfair for your full match preview for the final as well. We're back in your ears again at the normal cricket-only better time from Tuesday next week where we'll have a T20 series to preview for you. I wish we had some form to go on as India take on New Zealand. We've also got a test match series to preview with Sri Lanka hosting West Indies. See you next time.